Hello and welcome to another uh, review from Sif Pop Writers Room. Uh, I'm your host Aaron, not that Aaron, of course. Uh, I brought along Foster this week. Hello. Foster um, has been on uh, the show, I think just the once, but we've also done too many reviews, so it feels like several times. Um, mm-hmm. And oddly enough, I think uh, <laughs> I, I immediately left the theater, I was like, this was very much like two movies, and I, I like it very much feels like the two movies you helped uh, uh, cover in the mm-hmm. many reviews earlier with Reminiscence in the Night House, because um, you mm-hmm. got a little bit of like that like noir kind of vibe going on while also a little bit of psychological horror um sure but last night in soho edgar wright's uh newest movie his first foray into a straight horror film um starring thomas and mckenzie and um uh anya taylor joy primarily but you also got terrence stamp and a couple others in there um uh this uh, just released this week uh in theaters exclusively got pushed back because of covid uh, but it's finally out and Foster, I got to know, what did you think about last night in Soho? Did you like it? Love it? Hate it? Dislike it? I think it's just okay. I'm going to go really liked it. Not quite into loved it though. There's a couple things holding me back, but I really, really love Edgar Wright. So I was predisposed to enjoy this movie on some level at least. Yeah. Uh, I- I'm going to go for loved it. Um, I, I hmm. I'm ready to make, like I'm willing to make that jump. And I was really scared going into the theaters because all the reviews I saw yeah. were either this is bad or this is mediocre. And uh, I don't think it's yeah. either of those two. Um, I think it's really good mm-hmm. um, because I was sitting there and I was just like, this is what people are complaining about. Like what the hell? Um, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I think this is really, really great. Um, it's, it's not my favorite movie of the year. It's not my favorite Edgar Wright movie, mm-hmm. um, but it is certainly going to, be in contention for some awards probably specifically cinematography art and set design um mm-hmm. costumes maybe yeah yeah costumes um costumes and makeup yeah although they've not really nominated many of his stuff before i think the only movie of his that's ever been nominated is baby driver for the two sound awards and editing which all three of those lost to dunkirk i remember i was a well, little salty but he doesn't <laughs> necessarily year. make traditional oscar films um, yeah, yeah, no, no, that's fair, but, and, but I, that's I just, also, this is my personal thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that's also <laughs> not to downplay the fact that I think that Anya Taylor Joy and uh, Thomas and McKenzie are both really incredible in this movie. Uh, but, mm, yeah, they're really, really good. But they are, they are incredible. Um, not just in this yeah. film. Um, boy, they're mm-hmm. kind of both having a career right now. Like with think of think of Thomas and McKenzie, who nobody knew. Um, and then all of a sudden came out in Jojo Rabbit and it's still her best work today. Mm-hmm. And then since then, yeah. she's so, so her career so far, she's still like really young and she's got to work with, um, Taika Waititi, uh, M. Night Shyamalan mm-hmm. and Edgar Wright and whatever else is on the horizon. Like, yeah, she's in power of the dog, which will be on Netflix in a couple weeks. I think too, I, oh, I which I got to see that cause I live in New York. Um, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I first saw her in Leave No Trace. I think that was 2017 or 18, maybe. And then I think because of that movie, because she's like the lead character in it with Ben Foster, I think. I even remember Edgar on Twitter said something about about that movie. So I, I'm guessing a lot of directors saw that movie and really liked her in it. And then everyone all at the same time, like Edgar M. Knight, everyone was just like, I got to get her in my movie now. <laughs> That's quite possible. Um, yeah, yeah. But, but especially like, coming out with Jojo Rabbit to really showing like she's not just a one hit wonder. 
Um, apparently, she was yeah, in yeah. Hobbit, the Battle of the Five Armies. She played Astrid. So, um, oh yeah, I saw that movie yeah. once and don't remember anything about it. So, um, I'm not sure that anybody's seen any of the Hobbit movies yeah. more than once. But <laughs> uh, she's one of those actors that, like, I really want to like. She, I might just work through all her filmography at one point because uh, mm-hmm. I think she's great. Um, so yeah, um, Anya Taylor Joy also in everything. Yeah, she's had and is really good. She's really good. Um, I, I think she kind of broke out into the scene with Split. And I was like, she's fine in Split, but she's not the standout. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden they gave her other things to do. And it, and it was like, wow, she's actually like quite good. Um, in yeah, and I think that one's everything. similar, except instead of Leave No Trace for Thomas and Mackenzie, it's like The Witch for Anya Taylor-Joy, where that was, I think, 2015. Right. Everyone saw The Witch and was like, wow, she's really good. Not a, not a great uh, movie. But, I, from, I haven't seen it, but you know, not a great movie. But wow, that person, you know. Um, sure. I, I like it. I mean, it's my special type of weirdness that I enjoy. But <laughs> It was on my uh, list for a while, but yeah. And the yeah, other yeah, thing is, like, she doesn't... It's tip, weird. She's not in a lot of, like, crap, you know? Like... Um, you know, she did The Witch, she did Split, and Split's a fine movie. Um, Glass is probably better than most people say it is, but it's easy to crap on it. Uh, I mean, New Mutants isn't mm-hmm. good, but she's definitely not the problem with it, and I haven't seen, <laughs> yeah. I haven't seen Queen's Gambit, but like... Oh, she's great, of course. Yeah, so... Yeah, and Emma. I loved Emma. I think that movie's pretty underseen. She's great in that, too. Nice. Uh, so what are some other things that you loved about Last Night in Soho? We've kind of mentioned, first of all, you, you're a big Edgar Wright fan. I, I was thinking oh, yeah. going into this movie, I think Edgar Wright's my favorite filmmaker at this point because he just doesn't miss. Um, and that's yeah. the thing. Like, he hasn't made my favorite films. I mean, most of his wind up on my favorites of all time. Um, but, like, Nolan has some stinkers every now and then because every now and then Nolan releases, like, The Dark Knight Rises or tenant um hmm. uh and and like i love shane black but even he comes out with something like the predator um mm-hmm. and i'm a really big fan of damien chazelle but i i don't quite know that there's the breadth of work um quite for me to you know right has more films and they're both 100 percent for me so um yeah i think i would be willing to classify Edgar Wright as my favorite modern still working filmmaker so yeah, I decided he was my favorite like the day after I saw Baby Driver because I mm-hmm. that movie to me, I know not everyone loves it and some people don't love the the ending especially, but that's one that I watched and I was like this feels like it's made just for me, like in my specific <laughs> interests, like the the way he dances to the beat of the music and like so many little specific things in that movie I'm thinking I do this, you know. <laughs> and so well, and the thing about the uh, Wright films yeah. is that they're really incredible to watch, but they're actually better to rewatch. And I cannot wait to watch Last Night in Soho. Yes, um, and I, yeah, I really, too. I think that a lot of these like middling, mediocre reviews. I think a lot of people are going to wind up like change, changing that, flopping on that uh, when they get a chance to to see it again for the second time, or third time, or fourth time. I'm really excited to see this one again. I probably won't get to see it in the theater again, uh, but it'll be a day one Blu-ray buy for me on 4K, obviously. Um, yeah yeah that's what's what i'm thinking too which is why i'm not firmly and loved it yet i feel like i need to see it again to make sure everything like about the plot makes perfect sense to me and i like what it was doing (laughs) yeah (laughs) fair point um 
Yeah, but like uh, his other movies, it's not so much the story that's complicated. Um, it's more so the it's so packed with jokes and things to notice in the background, that sort of thing that you can just rewatch it a million times and keep noticing new things over and over again. But I think Last Night in Soho, it's it's actually the story or the narrative that's going to take more unpacking. Um, so I'm excited to do that. Yeah, I was thinking, like, I think the, my go-to answer has been for the longest time, what's your favorite scene in film history? And my go-to answer has been the hamburger scene from Pulp Fiction, because I think it's just perfect. Mm. Uh, everything about it um, is is just brilliant. But, like, I legitimately think, uh, I'll single out the part in Baby Driver with uh, where, he, where he goes on a coffee run. It's such a simple, oh, not yeah, much yeah, yeah. going on, but, but with the Harlem... Sh- uh, uh, Harlem Shuffle, not Harlem Shake, Harlem Shuffle playing, um, and mm-hmm. all of the little details you can notice. Um, and they filmed it as a one take. Um, but like, man, I that would have been so much fun to be on that set, um, specifically yeah. for that sequence. Um, lots of lots of things. I feel like I could just pick apart that scene for hours. But so good. Um, I love when he does the trumpet and he's right yeah, in front yeah. of the trumpet behind him. So good. Um, yeah. Yeah, lots lots to love about uh, about Edgar Wright and his filmography. But what are, what are some other things like like maybe like specifically um, other than the acting that we've already mentioned uh, that you really love about? Okay, sure. Or or maybe well, like this, an issue or two you have, just like some brief thoughts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll also just say, as far as the acting goes, I think Diana Riggs really good too, and I think this is her final performance, and it's very nice to see a final performance that's actually like really good in a movie. That's is that that's the housekeeper? Good, you know. Yeah, yeah. She was also. Okay. Uh, Olena Tyrell, I think, is her name in Game of Thrones. If you watch, oh, Game I didn't of make that connection because um, she looks nothing like that. But yeah, I mean, yeah. she does have a headdress. So, no, no, she does look different. I, I had a moment where I was like, "Is that her?" Right at the beginning, and she's also in. I have not gotten to this Bond yet, but on Her Majesty's Secret Service. Oh yeah, she is. Um, uh, yeah, I think I think that's the. Those are the two things she's most known for. But she's one, been around one for of a the while. better Bonds. Yeah, um, yeah, for sure. So I. I'm just happy that like it's a it's a nice send off. I think she gets she gets some fun moments. Um, oh, visually, I think if we're moving past the acting, visually this movie looks pretty outstanding. Um, it's definitely a lot cleaner than the sort of '70s wacky horror movies it's emulating, but uh, it I think it works. I love it. Like the the reflective puddles and the crazy neon lighting and all that stuff looks great to me. Yes. Um... Yeah, the other actor I'll, I kind of want to single out because um, he was just kind of a surprise because I thought I was just going to be blown away from the other ones. But uh, Michael Ajo, he plays John. I hope I'm, I know I'm not pronouncing his last name right, but he plays John. Um, I probably would have expected to say Matt Smith, but he plays kind of stock, um, mm-hmm. creepy guy. And that's it. Like, uh, and, and like, you know, he's doing what the script is calling for, but the script doesn't really give him much to do. Um, start mm-hmm. off as swab and you know you have you have two things either really suave and really cool or terrible human being and we already knew he could do those mm-hmm. things um so yeah. nothing was necessarily like stand stand out for him he's, he's fine it's just you know nothing was going to make that role like iconic um so um yeah. i think here's here's the only thing that holds me back from like really like not like i really love this movie but the only thing that holds me back from still it being like maybe I think like six or seven of the year for me is that um, um, this movie started off being something really interesting and really unique. And I really loved everything that was going for, even when it wasn't horror. I just loved watching Thomas and McKenzie interact with 1960s LA and like seeing the wonder on her face and 
the cinematography that we've already mentioned, like the shots, anytime that they're like going up the, the mirrored stairwell or going down the mirrored oh, stairwell, yeah. like is just the gorgeous. And that so shot good. from the trailer of her, her pulling the sheet over her head, like t- tons of really mm. incredible um, work here. Um, as well as some of the stuff like, uh, like, like Edgar Wright definitely doesn't lose his like syncopated um, film mm-hmm. to, to, to music. Like there's, the songs that are playing and the the neon lights that are flashing outside her window are changing on the beat. Like he definitely doesn't lose that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so those are fun things to kind of see and, and pick out and point. And, um, there's a, my own, my real only complaint with this movie is that it was doing something real original, real unique, real captivating. And the very, I'll even just say the very last scene, not even necessarily the final act, the very last scene kind of mm-hmm. turns it into a pretty, generic horror story instead of and loses all of what was special about it at first Uh, that's really my only negative it just kind of loses all originality and just kind of becomes basic um for the last and and i think it's fine i think it's a good resolution i think it's a good story narrative but it's just like that would be a good solution to a generic horror story not something that you've crafted which which is really special Uh, so Sure. Yeah, no, I'm with you, especially about like those first two thirds. It really does a good job of keeping you like intrigued, like keeping up the mystery of it too. I was really engaged for that whole first two thirds. The only thing that's keeping me back from the love that camp is just, I have to, I have to figure out what I think of the ending, I think. Yeah. Well, and to be fair, like I'm recording, we're, I'm recording an hour after I walked out of the theater and you're like uh, two, t- barely two days. Um, yeah. I, yeah. What is it now? Friday? I saw yeah. it on Wednesday evening. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So like not too much time to process. And I, I, I don't look, yeah. I say, I probably won't go see this again in the theater, but like, man, if I have a couple hours to kill, um, mm, yeah, you know, uh, I, I might see it again. Yeah. Uh, you know, a matinee or something. You know, if I have a couple hours to kill on like a, you know, $5 movie day or, you know, like mm-hmm. 11 AM or whatever. Um, cause there's lots to love. Um, but uh, I think that was kind of my, my – I'm in the loved it camp. The only thing that's really keeping me back from being like I, I want to scream I love this movie from the rooftop is just it kind of loses its originality and specifically the last scene. Um, sure. So um, that's it. Do you have any other final thoughts before we like hit some spoilers? Um. I'm not maybe just one final thought. I think that all the stuff you mentioned this a little bit that he does with mirrors and reflections and there's just a lot, a lot of creative shots that involve Anya Taylor Joy and uh, Thomas and Mackenzie, their journeys paralleling one, one another. And there's just so many really creative images. I didn't watch the trailers. I was like actively avoiding them just for this one movie. I was doing Dicer's Zero Flames, Zero Frames, sorry. <laughs> well, no flames either, but Zero, zero Frames <laughs> just, just for this one trailer because I was so excited for this movie. This was my most anticipated of the year. I think this was um, my third most anticipated. Um, yeah. Yeah. It was for sure but, up there. Yeah, but I'm glad I didn't see those images in the trailer because I saw them all for the first time in the movie. And I had every five seconds, I was like, oh my gosh, that's the coolest thing I've ever seen. And then it tops it again, like two seconds later. So Did you go back and watch the trailers visuals. since? or I have not. Okay. Did you, yeah, did you no. like the trailers overall? Um, the first trailer, I think, just wants to say, hey, we're doing some really weird, interesting horror film. Um, and then it says Edgar Wright at the end and you're like, oh yeah, well, I mean, which I knew beforehand, but like somebody else that may not have known, okay. 
um, like it does, it just does some things like it shows like the, her eyes in the knife blade and it shows the shot where she pulls over oh, the sheet. Oh, I love sheet. that shot. Um, it has yeah. the, the mirrored reflection shots. Um, uh, the first trailer, uh, it even has, uh, it's scored, uh, or it's, it's background by like no sound except for when Anya Taylor-Joy is singing downtown. I'm sure she's not actually mm-hmm. singing, but it's, it's, so it's just I think that. she is. I have no idea. Um. I don't know. I, if she's I a think singer. it's her. I could be wrong. I mean, not, maybe neither of us know. We're just. <laughs> it didn't look that. like it Sorry, matched continue. her, but um, that's fine. Ah, okay. Um, that was just she. She might have done it. Um, but anyway, the the first trailer was just nothing except for her singing, and then the visuals. The second trailer actually kind of gave you a glimpse of what the story was, and leaned out of the horror. Um, and so I didn't really under know what I. I didn't really know what I was getting into, other than Edgar Wright horror film, until the second trailer. But then I was like, oh, we're sure. dealing with like visions from the past, trying to solve a murder from the past. Like that's freaking awesome. Um, mm-hmm. And like I said, like I said at the top, I think that this, a lot of this reminds me of reminiscence specifically with the color palette, the use of water and reflection, oh, yeah, um, yeah. camera angles, lots of like aesthetically, sure. uh, lots of neon, aesthetically a lot like reminiscence um, and, uh, and thematically a lot like the night house. So interesting that... <laughs> Um, mm. that we're talking mm. about these uh yeah again, so um i don't know how much i need to talk about spoilers but i think there's a couple of things that i want to mention so um, okay want, want to transition to spoilers now yeah we'll transition to spoilers here so um if you haven't seen this film um first of all obviously i'm recommending it i'm pretty sure you are as well since you're really oh yeah no i firm now. firm recommend yeah yeah um and and i'm just go to see, see it, it in theater form your own you opinion yeah um Go see it in a theater if you can, if you if you feel safe, if you feel comfortable, all that. Um, don't wait to to rent this. Um, it's going to be play better in a theater unless you have a great set, setup. Um, mm-hmm. So um, yeah, uh, so we'll talk about some spoilers. Um, so probably check out here if you uh, if you haven't seen this film yet. But um, there you go. Here's your official spoiler warning. So. Uh, I see. I see a lot of people having the problem that they say Edgar Wright went straight woke for this movie, and I would not call this a woke film. I think this, in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. resembles like is a much like more traditional, stylized, very in the spirit of Promising Young Woman. By the time the movie finishes, um, sure, that's a good comparison. Yeah, uh, but but at the same time, like i i think I think you could classify promising young woman as a woke movie, and I think it is trying to be and i don't mean i don't not trying mm-hmm. to say woke in a bad sense I feel like that a lot a lot of times <laughs> has a negative connotation at this point, but like yeah no no trying to trying to emphasize some sort of high you know person that might be described as woke it's really just trying to call out injustice um uh at least in the way that I think people use it um so um yeah, I feel like um I feel like I understand where they're coming from, but it, I don't think the film is anywhere near, like, I think there is a message and Edgar Wright is trying to say all that. But I think, I think Mm -hmm. there's also, maybe it's because it's set in this, in the sixties, like in, in that time period. And like, look, we have grown so much as a society. Like maybe it's just that I kind of view a lot of these things as normal for that time period. And we've grown out of that. And thank God we have, but sure. But I also like maybe it just didn't quite catch me as a super big surprise when terrible things started happening to this young, alone female with lots of beauty and lots of talent, you know, who 
puts puts herself firmly in in the arms of somebody who can really manipulate her. Um, sure. So um, I yeah I I know I I guess I can understand what like like compared to Edgar Wright's other movies, it feels like there's a little bit more of a statement, I guess. But yes. um, I wonder maybe since we're in spoilers now, when it's revealed that uh, Diana Rigg is the Anya Taylor Joy character grown up and she actually killed all those men. Maybe it's like some people are interpreting this as like a girl boss revenge type thing. And, and like, like men are evil, all hail woman, hear me roar, you know, that type of thing. Right. I wonder if maybe that's what people are thinking. Yeah. I'm not sure. I just like, I would not classify this as a woke film um, by any stretch of the means. Yeah. No, I I wouldn't either. There is a message that, you know, says that what was done to this woman is terrible at the hands of terrible men. Um, but uh, there's there's a lot yeah, of movies also, that deal with that that also aren't woke. No, yeah, definitely. I'll also say I do know I don't know who this I've never heard of this woman before seeing her name credited on Last Night in Soho. But Edgar Wright co-wrote this with the woman named Christy Wilson Cairns. Hopefully that's pronounced correctly. But I think this is probably the first time they've ever worked together, and I'm wondering like what part of that storyline is her writing versus Edgar Wright's yeah so, I'd be interested sh- to know because <laughs> um, I remember looking up her filmography during the podcast and I can't or like the podcast proper and I can't remember like what her sure. 1917 was her big credit and uh, yeah and she's working with Taika Waititi so oh, right mean, for the she's Star Wars in good company yeah. Uh, yeah. man something about Taika Waititi and Edgar Wright having all these connections um, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> Penny Dreadful was the other she wrote on that um obviously a popular show um yeah uh, i'm I'm curious to know what what of that was edgar's and what of that was um uh, was hers um and i'm you know i, I i'm sure I, I, edgar seems like the type of person to give credit where credit's due so i'm i'll be fascinated to check out the i'd love to check out an audio commentary as soon as i can as well um uh yeah which is I, I will I w- say, um, go ahead. No, I just, I always want to like get into okay. behind the scenes features, but I never wind up taking the time to do it. Oh, no, I'm the same way. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Especially like on the Criterion Blu-rays and everything, they have so many cool features and I think, oh, one day I'm going to sit down and I'm just going to do all the features, but then it rarely happens. Yeah. For oh, sure. and it's the sale now, November, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. Um, <laughs> a dangerous time for cinephiles. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I just ordered a couple, and I already found a couple more that I want to order. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, I ordered some because there was a, like, 24-hour sale on the website or something like that. So, oh, yeah, the flash sale. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm... Uh, yeah, I was just... I, I think the other thing's like, this This is a great soundtrack. I mean, Edgar Wright's been pretty consistent about having yes. excellent soundtracks. This is... I, I want to listen to the soundtrack um, right now. Um, mm-hmm. I, I will be popping it on a lot for sure, I'm sure. Um, yeah, me too. Yeah, and maybe the other thing, and this probably should have gone before, it's a lot less horror than I think was advertised. This is definitely a psychological thriller. Um, it has horror elements, but... Um, yeah. Uh, the, this the, is like a secondary just a couple sure yeah i agree with you there's a couple moments where it goes full horror i think one yes. is when um when anya taylor joy stabs matt smith over and over again 
and you see the the knife like <laughs> well, the Thomas and McKenzie's eyes and the knife like that seems to me like him. Well, I think that whole sequence, you know, um, the whole yeah. like a, a, arms coming up from the floorboards and out from the walls and all that. Yeah, sure, sure. How did you feel about the like the faceless men? How they looked in particular? Um, I thought it was really interesting. Uh, maybe mm. not my favorite choice. Um, yeah, but I, I have no reason to love or hate it. Um, it just, it, it, I, it, you could tell they're distorted images of real people, and I guess like I didn't know what they were, so maybe like understanding who they like what they are now, uh, having seen yeah. the movie, like makes me like sure like yeah that makes Mm -hmm. sense yeah no i think i'm fine with it thematically it's just i think visually it stuck out to me as not looking as nice as everything else around it just because of i mean i think that's intentional clearly computer yeah 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 sure i mean (laughs) even if it's intentional i i still didn't love how it looked i think well and there's a lot of really subtle things um like there's there's a moment where uh, it's when uh, Thomas and Mackenzie is being chased down the street and, and all of them are following her as well as the Matt Smith character. Um, mm-hmm. And, and there, it, she winds up in an alley, like laying down in a, in a rainfall. Um, but there's, there's a yeah. moment there where like she passes behind Matt Smith, like the, the, there's the camera and then Matt Smith and then um, on, uh, Thomas and Mackenzie and like, Matt Smith is kind of translucent in specifically just mm-hmm. that shot. Like you can, part of him is see-through. So like, I think there is a lot of intentionality to, these are not supposed to look quite perfect. Um, there, I think there is an intentionality of, these are sure. slightly obscured or slightly, to, to help us differentiate between, um, okay. between uh, reality and stuff that yeah, is, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I think, I think we're, we're meant to assume there is reality, but, um, you know, the, um, um, just her perception of reality. So. Sure. I think maybe I just would have preferred like more, I mean, this is me being crazy, but like Cronenbergian body horror type face, mushy, whatever with makeup effects, that would have been pretty cool to me. I think it's more so the computer generated, face distortion effect i just didn't quite gel with i think um, sure it's a that's a very minor complaint does not really ruin my experience at all so so i'm just harping on this one tiny thing yeah um, um when did you know kind of how the movie was going to end the way that it did like with specifically who killed susan susan is that her name the anya taylor joy character which one's susan the, Say that again the oh anya eloise oh anya taylor joy uh sandy sorry sandy there we go Sandy, yeah, Alexandria Sandy is the nickname. Um, I mean, of course, they're they're wanting you to think it's Terrence Stamp at the beginning. Um, right. I'm I'm really really bad at predicting things, and I I don't usually try to. So I honestly don't know that I knew until they told me. Um, I, I the only thing yeah. I knew is first of all, I had the prediction about halfway through the movie that I wonder if the old lady is an older version of Anya Taylor joy, but I kind of just forgot about mm-hmm. it for a while. Um, but then as yeah, soon as that, that I did figure out. Yeah. And, but as soon as she just goes back to the, the old place, woman. as soon as she goes back to the place, I'll lean over my wife. And I said, her name is Alex because Terrence Stamp says that Alex killed Sandy. 
Um, yeah. And so I said her name is going to be Alex, okay. and then she hands her the letters, and I'm like, obviously, yeah, yeah, going to see, yeah, that. yeah. No, the letter, the letter I got that I picked up on that, that was fun because they don't actually address it for another minute, and so it's like if you blink and you miss it, then you've missed out on it on a fun reveal there with the letters. Yeah, and poor Thompson um, McKenzie. Whenever she drinks in this movie, um, every single time it's it's laced with something. <laughs> <laughs> She's not allowed to have just like a a not laced glass of water, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, so, um, there's a, there's also, um, I was, I was just thinking like, I, 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 that's to me where it kind of becomes your, your typical horror film. But I I also was like Mm -hmm. really like frustrated during the movie because they, they make a point to the first time where she goes and she makes out with Matt Smith in the elevator. She gets a hickey that people can see the next day. But then when, when she's murdered, like there is nothing like there was never any physical ramifications. I think it's just meant to say that, like, I think it's just meant to point out that there is a real threat here. Not like, you know, kind of like nightmare on Elm street, like not, not like these are just sure. visions, but these visions can harm you. Um, um, although it was also one of those, what is I, the- I have a lot of like, really like things that I'm just questioned about that. I want to me too. Like, because, because if, if the, if the, blurred souls are trying to um to help anya taylor joy get her to help or uh, thomas and mckenzie if they're trying to get her to help them why are they trying to yeah. pin her down and corner her and all that doesn't like it, i guess it could could be one of those things it's like the forced perspective for a lot of the other scenes but like that last scene why are they pinning her to the bed like that is not mm-hmm. helping anybody um <laughs> but i guess I, yeah, yeah. To, to answer my question it's because anya taylor joy isn't killed in that scene so she doesn't even get harmed in that scene, so that's why the Thomas and McKenzie character isn't doesn't isn't showed up mm-hmm. bloody and scarred the next day, uh, waking up. And so I, I just that didn't necessarily seem to go anywhere, other than just to say there's a real horror here. Um, sure. The 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 first roommate who is just a bitch this whole movie. There is no comeuppance for her ever. Um, I don't feel like there's necessarily <laughs> any resolution for like. The, she has acted crazy for weeks and not only weeks, but the mm-hmm. first couple weeks in school and like the movie just kind of be like, Oh yeah. Like this person's still a bitch and everybody else is, it's like, remember when she almost stabbed that girl in the eye with scissors yeah, yeah, yeah. weeks ago? Like, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And I'm not sure what that to character... do with the final shot of the movie, seeing Anya Taylor joy in the mirror. I don't know if that in the mirror, I don't know if that was supposed to be like, I'm part of you now, or if it's supposed to be almost like an ominous, cause the music is kind of ominous there. Um, yeah, I'm not sure what to make of yeah, that. I don't know. That last shot. So, yeah. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. I think I just have a lot of questions that will hopefully be solved with rewatches and reading things online. That character that you mentioned though, the, the roommate character at the beginning is like yes. a really great, love to hate type of character like yeah in the theater too you could hear the reactions of the crowd it was like they were laughing just because it was so horrible the things she was saying like yeah. uh when she was trying to one-up thomas and mckenzie after thomas and mckenzie mentions her her mom committed suicide right yeah. and then she's like well i had an uncle like, that oh, yeah. suicide, and I had it's an essentially that, the same you know, it's like oh my gosh it's it, it's uh yeah there, there are little moments of humor there where you can tell edgar wright wants you to to, to laugh a little bit about about some yeah, things absolutely um the 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 only thing i thought that wound up like really not becoming anything remotely true was 
there was a point um, right before they go to the party where he says, I'm going to, the, the, the guy friend says, I'm going to dress up as a ghost. And I'm just, I was wondering, like, are they going to sixth sense, mm-hmm. sixth sense, sixth sense us? Like, are they going to, are they going to have <laughs> him be, cause like he doesn't a- interact with anybody else except for her. Although he does at the very yeah. first party when the guy takes her headphones and then he, mm-hmm. you know, calls out the other guy, but like he never interacts yeah. with any of the friends or anything like that. So I was just like, are they going to like pull a fast one on us? Like mm. it, it seems a little bit too on the nose. Him saying like, I th- thought I could just go as a ghost. Feels a little bit too on the nose for them to actually then reveal that he's a ghost. Um, sure. So, you know, yeah. Uh, plus he doesn't necessarily yeah. like follow any of the, I don't, I don't know what necessarily the rules but I feel like they're they're also like the rules are deliberately very murky, um, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, um, I, I I went into this and I was even thinking like I don't know that like any of this is going to scream Edgar Wright. Like you know, I, I was thinking based off the trailers, I was like, you could probably tell me Scott Derrickson directed this and I'd believe it, or Mike Flanagan directed this mm-hmm. and I'd really believe it, but. This is very clearly an Edgar Wright movie based off of the camera moments and soundtrack yeah. and lots of other things. It really feels like his, um, just a lot more subtly his. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, I think because of that, I don't know that I was ever scared at any moment in the movie. It's more like a, a fun horror rather than like a really like scary horror. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, like Sinister, and, I guess, is pretty scary comparatively. Yes, <laughs> yeah. And Haunting it a lot. It's terrifying. Um, yeah. But I think with... Uh, I think in in a lot of ways I I felt that that way though because I, there is a lot of like stylistic choices and narrative choices that seem to harken back to the mm-hmm. 60s just like the narrative does um in the story. So I yeah. think like kind of like how people have, I haven't seen it malignant but kind of like how people talk like oh this is like a horror f- film for old school horror fans like this has a lot of like old school horror stuff in it. Um Yes. So. No, that's a good comparison. I did see Malignant. I am one of the people who loved it. Uh, they're so they're both, I think, hearkening back to the Giallo Italian Italian horror movies a little bit. Hopefully, I'm pronouncing that right. Which I've only seen really a couple of those, but um, like with the the harsh neon lighting and the mm-hmm. really dramatic score and stuff like that, or like the shot with the the knife coming into frame and you see the yeah. eyes reflected in it, that sort of thing. That's ripped straight from those sorts of movies. I, Your hands coming opinion. up from the floorboard um, and out of the walls and all that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's, there's a lot of, of fun there. That's also just one of the things I like about a great in general is you can so clearly tell this man just loves movies. Yeah. Um, like with every one of his movies, I feel that. And it's, it's just pure fun for me to watch any one of his movies. Um, what do you, what do you hope is his next path? Do you hope he kind of steers more this direction for the future? Or do you hope he kind of goes back to the like, Hot fuzz, Scott Pilgrim kind of days. Hmm. I think he's. I think he's toyed with the idea of doing a Baby Driver sequel, um, and I wouldn't be surprised if that's the next thing he does. Yeah, um, like uh, it, maybe working on the script, and then especially because he's the only character that would carry over, and and I guess the Deborah. But um, sure, yeah. I, you don't. You don't have problems I, of what do we do with Kevin Spacey? Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I'm, I would be, I'm, of course, I'll watch him do anything. I, I don't think his style lends itself best to straight, pure horror, just because his style is so flashy that it's, it's, it's like got this clean sheen to it that 
like I said, I don't think I was scared during last night in Soho, even though I thought it was very beautiful to look at. I think it, but I do think it lends itself really, really well to action. Like I thought the car chase stuff in Baby Driver, I thought was just insane. Um, yeah. So I would not mind him doing more action with comedy elements in it or sci-fi, I think would be a cool turn for him if he did like some pure sci-fi horror-ish type movie that could mm-hmm. have a lot of cool imagery, I think. Yeah, I had him like down as my fantasy cast a couple weeks ago to like write and direct a new like hook. Root, um, mm, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, look, honestly, I'm on board for whatever he does next. If he wants to go back and do Simon Pegg, Nick Frost stuff, I'll be there opening night. If he wants to make a sequel to Baby Driver or do something kind of in that vein, I'll be there opening night. If he wants to do yeah. horror, I'll be there opening night. Um, literally whatever he wants to do, he's shown such a breadth of what he can do that. Um, and just like you said, you can tell he just loves movies and it really shows on the screen. So, um, yeah. when, when, when you have somebody that's excited about something, first of all, he's very competent. And so when you have somebody that has the passion and the capability, um, that's very different from somebody that just really loves movies that can't seem to make a good one, you know? Um, like, yeah. obligatory throw Zack Snyder under the bus <laughs> <laughs> it just seems to be my thing now any chance I could rip on some sure uh, <laughs> um, I understand yeah but the uh, um, yeah it's just you can really tell he's just a master at what he does and he loves what he's doing um, so I will I'll be there for whatever he does um, and I love that he like yeah. kind of takes his time. He, he doesn't have a new movie every year, every other year or whatever. Yeah. He takes his time and he figures it out. So. Yeah. Uh, my last thing, I guess, then would just be going off of that point. A lot of people don't know that this is his second movie that he's made this year because he had a documentary come out a few months ago Sparks called The Sparks Brothers. Brothers, which is really, really good. And I would recommend everyone go seek it out. Yeah. Uh, I, uh... It's really good. I haven't gotten around to that one. I, I did buy it because it was on sale recently. Yeah, it's but. fun. It's a Some people think it's a little bit long. The structure is a little bit repetitive. The Sparks is a band that has, I think, 25 albums, and it just goes one by one through the albums. It's a very simple structure, but there's like fun editing, like the Edgar Wright style editing. There's some animated sequences in it, so it's a lot more creative than, than the documentaries we've been getting over the past few years, I think, and I had fun with it. And Sparks makes for a really fun... Uh, subject and it's pretty impossible not to want to explore their music after you see the documentary so i would recommend it sweet uh it looks like on his imdb he has several things that are upcoming baby driver 2 collider fortunately the milk grasshopper jungle stage 13 and the chain he's all attached to direct i don't know any of those um and you were just asking for a sci-fi he's doing a running man movie apparently so oh interesting yeah i mean i'll i'll do whatever he's attached to so uh uh, well, uh, I, look, I'm all set. I think you're all set. Uh, really loved last night in Soho. Excited to see it again. Um, do you have an idea on like where this ranks of your favorite movies of 2021? Sure. It's uh, it's a, it's like I've seen maybe 50, 60 movies. Um, it's around 15, I think, maybe. I have seen um, a little lower than I was hoping, but I've seen 43, I and I put you. it at number four, actually. Um, um, hmm. so really high on it. Um, but I don't expect it to stay in the top 10 by the time the year's yeah. over. Uh, the, I, I do have the night house above this. I still really love that one. And I have Coda above this. Yeah, I do too. Uh, I have both so. of those above it too. Yeah. Um, but I put this above Cruella and Mitchell's of the machines and no time to die and suicide squad. 
Um, yeah, I, I have a lot of four and a half stars uh, this year. I don't have any five star film this year, so yeah, uh, I'm but, same boat. But you know, tragedy Macbeth coming out soon, and um, yes. still, which really I got to see that too. I know, still it's really pumped cool. for lots of things coming out. So yeah. Um, but uh, anyway, that'll do it. Um, you can uh, follow me on uh, uh, Twitter at Schweikastle. You can follow Foster on Twitter, Letterboxd uh, at F-O-S-T-H-101. Am I right? Awesome. Good memory. Yes. I did it. <laughs> uh, to keep up with all of our movie thoughts. Uh, but in the meantime, that'll do it. Uh, thanks again for joining me. I had a really good time. Um, I hope awesome. that... Thank you for having me. Absolutely. I hope that people go see this movie because of uh, how much we really liked it um, and ignore a lot of those mediocre reviews. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, I don't know when the next one of these will be, but probably whoever's going to be guesting on it will also know 20 minutes before. So, <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> uh, yep, this was a fun surprise. <laughs> good. Uh, I'm glad. Um, so there we go. Uh, we'll catch you next time.